This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys on Dubai Eye 103.8. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen on Dubai Eye 103.8. Helen Farmer with you. Your chance to hear from the experts, the insiders and the industry. Get some great recipe ideas and, of course, share your questions as well as we talk all things food. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys only on Dubai Eye 103.8. You are indeed Helen Farmer with you as we broadcast live from ICCA. We've got a masterclass this afternoon, but fear not, it is not me in the kitchen. We've got Galia joining us, co-founder of Little Earth, for a vegan masterclass. We're making a jackfruit shawarma. Really excited to be exploring this dish with some lucky winners who are going to be cooking along with us. But Galia, before we get to the food, I'd love to know a little bit more about you. But I actually saw you quite recently at the Time Out Food Market. So you yeah. initially opened up the cafe um, in Jeltin and you're now expanded but even before that you you're fascinating you're you're I was reading your bio earlier this week going what how how where are you from initially so I'm originally Palestinian uh, raised in Jordan all my life um, I have Syrian blood as well um, was you know spent all my life in Jordan basically until I came to Dubai so yeah yeah. I love how you just skip over. You've been a journalist, you have been comms director and chief of staff to royalty, and yeah. now co-founder of you know one of the leading lights of the yeah. vegan food scene. Tell us a little bit about getting into food and coming to Dubai as part of that. Yeah, so basically my family has always been foodies. Like I lived in a you know in a household like was full of like recipes and you know uh, trying out all kinds of recipes and stuff. Uh, I came to Dubai for a job. I came to Dubai as a as a communication manager for uh, a foundation here. Uh, I was so excited to come and explore the city and I had no idea I'm going to be, you know, doing this. Um, so and then I spent like 5 years here, no, a couple of years here, went back to Jordan, came back. Uh, when I came back, I started, you know, when you're in your early 40s, you start thinking about your looks, your health, your, you know, you go through this whole, you know, process of self-discovery. Uh, and uh, and I started researching about food and about healthy food and stuff, which took me to Bali. Uh, I found a course by mere coincidence, and I did the raw food chef certification there. Uh, came back, and I had already met Nabs, my business partner. And I said to him, listen, I came back vegan. I came back plant-based. I loved it. It, it, it was that sudden. It was that sudden. It was, wow. it was unbelievable. It was as if I was meant to do this all my life. So I came back from there and I told him, listen, if we are going to do this food project, it has to be plant-based. I cannot, I cannot go back. Yeah. And that is the big focus of yeah. Little Earth. It's not yeah. exclusively, exclusively vegan, yeah. but that is, it's a place where people can come together and everyone will be able to find something on that menu that they're going to connect with yeah. and enjoy. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about the dish soon as well. But before I let you get started on the masterclass, Gali, can I ask you, if I was to give you 500 dirhams to spend in your local spinnies on whatever you want, you could literally buy all the boring stuff if you wanted, you could buy... What, if, if I was to give you that voucher, what would you spend it on? I'm going to be boring. <laughs> I would spend it on flowers. I, would, I love spinach flowers. And I would, whatever is left over, I'm going to spend it on a lot of amazing veggies. I mean, the vegetables and fruits there, I mean, they look just amazing. Okay, uh, right. So uh, that, that's yeah. garlic. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. I hope you've had your lunch because over the course of the next few hours we're going to be making you very hungry indeed. We've got a live masterclass with Chef Galia. She's the co-founder of Little Earth. And we're going to be making a jackfruit shawarma with some very lucky winners who have deserved some spots right here. But what exactly 
are we going to be making? Galia, you specialise in raw cooking, which is, sounds like an oxymoron, but you know, um, and also in kind of vegan plant-based food. Now, jackfruit is something I've had on a couple of menus. It's something I've seen on the shelves of Spinney's, but it's not something I've ever put in my basket ever. Can you explain a little yeah. bit about the origin of jackfruit? So jackfruit is a tropical fruit that comes from, it's, it's found in Asia, it's found in South America, and it's also found in Africa. And that's why I've never seen jackfruit before I came to Dubai. Oh, because same. you know, okay. So it's the same. I, I've only tried it in its uh, sweet form when it's ripe. And because it's huge, it's like, a, it's like a, a, a 40 pounds each jackfruit. So if it falls on someone's head, that's they're gone. It. And they're gone. <laughs> and what a way uh, to go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really, <laughs> so it's a, it's a really really heavy fruit and that's why you never see it in its huge form in, in, in supermarkets uh, and we tried when we first started using it at the restaurant we tried to open it and clean it and now it's easier to buy it like already peeled and stuff mm-hmm. so you can have it in two forms one in like a sweet form like a regular fruit and one in a young unripe form which is used as a as an alternative to meat or chicken and it it's uncanny. I actually had it. Yeah. Your, your neighbours at uh, Time Out Food yeah. Market, um, BB uh, DIFC, yes. I had a jackfruit bow, and I yeah. thought it was pulled chicken. Yeah. The texture yeah. was it, it, absolutely exactly identical. The same. Yeah. But in terms of taste, how would you describe it? So because it's when it's young, it doesn't have any flavour. Ah, so it's like so a vehicle for exactly, flavour. Exactly. So you use any spices that you want, and you can turn it into chicken, into beef, into fajitas, into shawarma, into anything that you want. We're making a shawarma so this afternoon. Yeah. How did you come up with this concept? What was the process? So actually, to be very honest, it was Nabs' idea. And he was like, Ali, we have to have shawarma uh, in, in our menu. And I was like a bit skeptical in the beginning because I am the health police at the <laughs> restaurant. So it has to be healthy shawarma. And what we did is we, uh, we tried with jackfruit because it doesn't have, and it's also low on calories and low on fat. So it's for, I think for 100 grams, you have all zero point something fat content. So it's quite interesting to work with. And then we, uh, we use it with, we're going to make tahini yogurt, uh, cashew yogurt, and uh, with sauerkraut. So it's going to be a nice, a nice uh, dish. The, I love the idea of yeah. this texture play as well. Yeah. Sauerkraut, I got into a real um, pickling groove yeah. during <laughs> lockdown. You know how some people were making banana bread yes, or sourdough? Yeah. I was just pickling things. Yeah. <laughs> that was my way of coping that's, with that's the stress. That's really amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I was honestly, it's good. A little, it's a amazing. little pickled yeah, yeah. red onion adds yeah, yeah. a very nice little, uh, little yeah. spice and crunch. Yeah. But w- when it comes to fermented food, there's mm. a lot of research ongoing right now, and we talk about gut health, uh, yeah. microbiome, and also relationship Absolutely. to mental health yeah. as well. Um, is this something you've been looking into at all? So basically, at the restaurant, what we do is we try to in- include anything that is good for your gut health. Mm-hmm. So because we come with a mission, we, it's not only like restaurant that feeds people, it's a restaurant that takes care of people's lives and health. So in every single recipe, we'd like to inject something that's good for your gut bacteria. Uh, be it even whole grain foods so uh, uh, so fermented food is really really good for you it's it's amazing yeah. so if anyone's listening at home um to make a sauerkraut this afternoon what are the key ingredients that people will need to pop out to the supermarket in the next kind of half hour or have to hand what's what's what do we need a uh, head of cabbage and it could be it red could be cabbage right or, or white and for me i just use salt that's all i do okay this that's is going to be super super that's simple it. that's it Welcome back to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. 
It is Helen Farmer with you live from ICCA for Farmer's Kitchen, brought to you by Spinney's. They've let me out of the studio, and I'm hoping I'm going to have a bit of a late lunch because joining us for a live masterclass is Chef Galia, co-founder of Little Earth. And we're going to be making a jackfruit shawarma kebab and a beautiful sauerkraut and a cashew yogurt as well. Chef, can you tell us a little bit about what our cooks who are joining us today are going to be starting with making? So uh, first we're going to boil the jackfruit because you need it to be soft. You don't need it to, um, you know, to be hard as you're eating it. After that we're going to soak the, mush- the cashews. Uh, the soaking of the cashews is very, very important because it activates the nuts and it help- makes it more, uh, more um, easier for your body to digest all the nutrients in the, in the nuts. And then we're going to start making the jackfruit and sauteing it and then make the... So we're starting with a, a young raw jackfruit that's going to be boiled. And as we said earlier, the texture when it's finished, I'm tempted to not to see if we've got someone in the, in the studio that we could do a bit of a, a trick on to see if they could guess what substance it is. Because it is so like a pulled chicken. Um, and there's, you know, it kind of really picks up some of the flavors that we're going to use. And can you talk us through some of the spices we've got today, Galia? Uh, we're going to have uh, paprika, uh, cumin. Arabic spices or allspice. Uh, we have going to have uh, garlic uh, and salt and some lemon. Uh, and to cook it, to saute, we're going to use some olive oil. Sometimes we don't use, actually at the restaurant, we don't use olive oil at all or any kind of oil. So, wh- wow. <laughs> <laughs> we are advocates of a whole food plant based cooking, which basically helps you, uh, you know, because, you know, fat is also uh, highly calorific. And everything, it's, it's saturated fat, is not good for you. So we tried as much as possible to reduce the oil. But for the sake of this master class, we're going to use one teaspoon only. Thank you. For me. Just for me. So this is so olive oil. Um, and it's interesting to think about different oils and their kind of different properties as well. So why did you choose olive oil for this one? Uh, usually because, I mean, olive oil, although olive oil, you should not really use it in high heat. So that's why, um, you know, we, we, it's the only oil I can, I, I, I'd like to use myself. So we're not going to heat it up too much. Uh, yeah. Can I ask you, when it comes to the sauerkraut we're going to be making, it's simply a head of red cabbage. I'm very glad you've got a jar of it because this is definitely coming home with me. Um, and some salt. Um, we've also got some pickles. Um, is this purely for garnish? Uh, uh, the pickles and the tomatoes, they're going to go into, into the sandwich with a with with ready sauerkraut, basically. And what about the wrap? You can't have a shawarma without a bit of... Uh, some, something kind of a container. What are we going to be wrapping this in? Multigrain wrap from Spinney's or plain wrap. It depends on what people prefer. Usually we make our own multigrain wrap or whole wheat wrap at the restaurant. Yeah. And from, I know you obviously are a very practiced chef, but for anyone, we will share the recipe who wants to make this. How long do you think it would take to do a jackfruit shawarma start to finish? If you're, if you're organized uh, and if you have all the ingredients uh, and the mise en place is ready, it won't take more than 20, 30 minutes. So stay with us. We are making that jackfruit shawarma. We're going to be meeting some of our MasterChef uh, participants very, very soon as well. And we would love to hear from you because it is the 2nd of September. And I really hope you have been paid (laughs) when you go to the supermarket. What's your payday treat? That thing you might eye up for the rest of the month and go, I would really like that, but I just can't justify the price. For me... It always comes back to cherries and a really nice tub of ice cream. Um, Let me know on 4001 or use that ARN Play app. And I'll put you into the draw to win 500 dirhams to spend in your local Spinneys. And you can spend it on whatever you want. You really can. Um, Honey cake is getting lots of votes. Sunil's saying lots of snacks. Ah, 
Yes, ribeye steak. Sorry, sorry to our, our vegan chef today. <laughs> and uh, sausages and kebabs. Scottish salmon, says Nabila. There is no right or wrong for this. I just want to know, what is your payday treat? Send it in on 4001. Use the ARN Play app and uh, put your name on it. We'd love to get your participation on this and you could be winning. We are talking about vegan cookery this afternoon and some of the techniques and indeed key ingredients about what to do at home. But what about eating out and about? What if you decide that, you know what, I'm going to let someone else do the hard work, use their imagination, get themselves uh, messy in the kitchen. Where to go? Well, Chef Galia today is the co-founder of Little Earth and we're joined by her other co-founder. Nabi El is joining us, otherwise known as Nabs Anji. He is the Nabs of that partnership. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. Can I ask you, how, how do you feel Dubai's vegan scene has evolved in the last few years? Well, uh, first of all, thank you so much for having us. It's Welcome. great to see you again. Um, I think the vegan scene here has, it's really grown a lot. Like, there's a lot of options. When we started... Um, I think like five years ago, mm -hmm. there was um, not many options. There's like three or four. But now, if you look at what's available, like everyone is coming up with different options. All the restaurants are coming up with like at least one or two vegan menu items. So it's good to see that there's a lot of variety because people can get, you know, tired of like going to the same places. I mean, I, I remember growing up and seeing the vegetarian option singular on right. a menu and it was like here have a mushroom risotto yeah. here have a, a portobello mushroom yeah. and, and, and that's it and it was very much an afterthought whereas we've got chefs now who are putting um, this way of not just eating but this way of living yeah. front and centre and recognising that there's a huge you know let's be honest a huge market totally. for it yeah. um, and when it comes to, to what's doing well on the menu Right. What, what are some of your big hits right now? Make us hungry. Um, so, you speaking of risotto, risotto is one of the options that is very popular. The shawarma that we're going to actually have today is, I mean, I just find it so interesting because it's such an easy and simple recipe, but yet people love shawarma. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it really gives you that, like, urge, kind of, it fulfills that. Um, another thing that we actually came up with recently is the nachos and the tacos. So that, these are two things that we actually added to the mar timeout market menu. Um, and they're basically, again, very simple things that you can do at home. And it, it, I mean, one of the things that we love to do is share recipes. So if and whenever people would like to kind of get hints, then we're more than happy to help. And it's been interesting to see what's happening in store as well, because I remember back in the day, like there might be a lonely carton of non-dairy milk. And now it is shelves, it is freezer fulls, yeah. it is, you know, your your yogurts, your milks, your yeah. vegan cheeses. Um, There's so much variety. Meat alternatives as yeah. well. Yeah. Are you vegan yourself? What's your I'm only not. kind of eating? So my whole kind of philosophy on, on eating is to know what you're eating. So when people ask me, because obviously me and Ghalia, we, we run a vegan restaurant, um, I'm very proud of Little Earth because I know that it's serving that purpose. Mm -hmm. um, I'm someone who, I don't like to be labeled, so I like to kind of listen to my, what my body tells me. If I do choose to eat uh, animal products and I do kind of go with very clean like it needs to be grass fed you, you know what I mean yeah, so nothing processed nothing I think most people are moving towards that of just wanting a greater understanding whether exactly that if you're buying meat from Spanish having a label and saying where's yeah. it come from and you know we know that stores have a really good relationship with their suppliers across totally. all different products mm -hmm. and we have a responsibility to be asking those questions absolutely you know, we, you know, we, we really do I think and I think in, in restaurants as well people care more yeah. um, and are asking those questions. Um, I loved what Galia said before about, you know, it's not just about 
what you eat when you, when you're with us. Like we really want, you know, as a restaurant, you you really care about people's health once they leave. You yeah. Know? And what that obviously is kind of earned you a very loyal clientele. Can you tell us a little bit about taking part in that expansion to the Time Out market? Because what an incredible vote of confidence to be selected for that. It is. It's such. It, I mean, the Time Out market was just such a great. Like it was. We were honestly so honored to be part of it. Um, and especially knowing that we're like the only plant-based mm. restaurant, um, it was a little bit uh, challenging for us in the beginning because we we had to understand what kind of clients are kind of coming to that. Uh, is it a different demographic? It is. Interestingly, it's it's very different because in in JLT we obviously have our own little community and it's we're in a little bubble, right? So people know us, they come to us. We don't really have to reach out; mm-hmm. people just come. But then in the market, you're getting a completely different demographic. And um, we found it very interesting in the beginning, and we thought, well, how can we be innovative and come up with things that will serve that and audience? It, and it's a different way of eating as well. You know, totally. sometimes if you go to a restaurant such as the the the, the OG, uh, you'd sit down and have perhaps a starter main dessert, mm. whereas somewhere like a time at market which is you know more dynamic you're fighting for attention with other vendors you've got a family like we we came a few weeks ago and my husband got he was went to have the matar and got mac and cheese yeah. the kids got pickle i got bb's brussels sprouts yeah. so you've got people eating in this kind of pick and mix approach on different yeah. time scales mm. and maybe buying something to share so have mm. you had to a- offer a different menu to even think about that um so we we did come up as i said with like different menu options the beauty about the market is people want variety mm-hmm. so you know when you go there you might crave a burger you might crave pizza i mean whatever it is that you're in the mood for the whole idea of it is to give you options and I think that's that's the most interesting thing about it as a venue. Like it's such a cool venue, and it's it's great. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it is, is a lot of fun. And thank you both for being with us on a Thursday afternoon because I know in the restaurant industry it is one of the busiest times of the week. So yeah. we really, really appreciate your time. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai, only on Dubai Eye One Hundred Three Point Eight. Great to have you with us on this Thursday afternoon. I'm Helen Farmer, and you're listening to Farmer's Kitchen, brought to you by Spinney's Broadcasting from ICCA, where it's already smelling fantastic. Someone who is going to make you hungry this afternoon is, is Chef Sergio. He's the instructor of the Hot and Cold Kitchen here at ICCA, and uh, his students are currently filming him, trying to embarrass him. How's the, how's the intake of students so far this year, Chef? Um, the students have actually been awesome this year, surprisingly. Surprising. Um, well, you know, obviously with COVID around mm-hmm. and, you know, all the borders being closed and etc. So the international students haven't really been as much as they used to. But obviously now we're getting more local students, which is lovely. That's fantastic. And obviously now, since the borders have started to open up again, we're getting all our international students from all sorts of continents. So it's great. For anyone that hasn't been to ICCA, and I hadn't before we started working on Farmer's Kitchen together, the space has blown my mind. It is the most incredible, well-equipped, it's enormous, um, cooking school, academy, that I've, I've, I didn't even know it was here. And I think that's been a really interesting eye-opening thing, just to think about the people that are coming here to either change career or to enhance their life by exploring some you know, cookery options. Can you, yeah, tell, sure. can you tell us a little about some of the courses that are on offer right now? Sure. So firstly, I mean, ICCA, like you said, the facility unreal. is absolutely unreal and world-class. Mm-hmm. All our equipment is literally the best, the best that you can get. 
Um, we are currently, you know, top 10 in the world, um, number one in the Middle East, which wow. is something to be really proud of. Um, we've got many courses from our professional courses to our amateur courses to our weekend diplomas to gelato course, assistance um, course, pizza courses, um, <laughs> barista <laughs> courses, mixology courses. We got it all, yeah, and we actually just started doing night schooling as well, which is fantastic, you know, for the, for the person who actually works during the day. They can actually, you know, become a professional chef and, you know, come study at night. If we're focusing on the new term, I guess, yeah. uh, it's because it is September, when we look at the, the demographic of students that are coming through the door, what age are they and what are their generally career ambitions? Well, to be honest, at the moment now, we've even got um, two students right in front of us they are actually the youngest Emirati students, youngest Emirati twins. Oh, hey, twins. All right. And <laughs> um, they're currently with us, and they're 14 years old. Oh, my god. Doing gosh. the professional diploma course. <gasps> so intense, six days a week, 10 hours a day, they are here. That's amazing. You know, so the school's actually giving them special permission to actually... I'm trying to get him to come <laughs> on the microphone. He's not having any of it. A little bit shy. <laughs> um, but lately, the last batch, surprisingly, you know, it was 14 years old, 15 years old, 16, 17, 18, mixed up all the way up to, you know, 40 years old. And then upon graduation, what are some of the relationships that ICCA has with hotels and restaurants here to... It's all very well training someone up and then going, all right, guys, see you later. Yeah, so we got something called the IWEP, which is a work placement. And um, we 100% will find you a job. Wow. Which is great. So, I mean, we've got a relationship with pretty much 90% of the hotels around the UAE. So it's great. I mean, they go do their work exposure over the weekends and we build a relationship with them and eventually... You know, they just like we want your students. So I think that I think that placement aspect must be key because it's one thing to have, you know, you as an instructor, lovely fellow students around you, and then you find yourself in a professional kitchen. You kind of go, I, I thought this was what I wanted to do, but the reality, I mean, do some people? Is it can it be sink or swim once you, once you get into the kitchen? So you know, once we you actually come to the RCCA. And us lecturers, we're honest with you. And we'll tell you, guys, it's a hard industry to be in. So mm -hmm. we're not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to train you for the industry. So, you know, we're not here to babysit you or anything. We're here to teach you discipline for the industry. So when you arrive at the industry, it's not going to be this big shock going, oh, my gosh, is this what I got into? You're already prepared for it. And you're like, wow, I can do this because my chefs at the ICCA did such a great job with me that... I'm prepared. I'm ready. I'm ready. And when you look at a, a new class and those little keen faces looking up, can you generally look and go, you've got it, you've got it, whether that is a, a discipline or a passion or a creativity? Definitely. Definitely. Some of them already from orientation from the first day, we go around the class, why do you want to be a chef? Mm. What brought you here? We hear their stories. You know, some are just want to get it as a, um, just a life skill, I guess. But some are really passionate. I mean, the twins behind us, 14 years old, they want to be the youngest, they want to be the best twins, Emiratis, you know, chefs. I can, feel, I can feel a pretty niche concept restaurant coming on. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. They're so passionate. Um, but definitely you can see talent. You can spot talent. And even if maybe you don't really have the talent, but you're very passionate about mm -hmm. the food, that goes a long way as well. So we build you. We give you a good foundation to actually start, you know, that next level of life. 
Safsoje with us this afternoon in Massachusetts saying, what is the website for ICCA? It is iccadubai.ae and you can see details of all of the courses, um, all the different disciplines as well. And as I said, an incredible space. And I know last time we spoke, yeah. I got so many messages on 4001 from former students, from parents of former students, oh, wow. just saying this was the best thing my daughter ever did. My son is now a professional chef and... I, mean, I just got goosebumps. And this is from having you know, months ago. Yeah, just incredible. That's fantastic. So, Joe, thank you so much for your thank time you so today. Much. Get back to these uh, these twins. <laughs> <laughs> thank the, you so much. Put, that, put the twinkle in their eye to some, <laughs> to some good use. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys only on Dubai Eye one hundred three point eight. It is indeed Farmer's Kitchen, and I tell you what, our kitchen is smelling pretty darn delicious. Uh, all thanks to one woman and some very keen cooks. Chef Galia is joining us. She's the co-founder of Little Earth, and we are making, I say we, she, I'm doing nothing. I'm sitting down having a biscuit and talking to you guys, but Chef Galia is making a jackfruit shawarma. And we were talking earlier, Chef, about how we're going to prepare this as the main, the main dish, really. Can you explain what you've done to the jackfruit to get it to this stage? We boiled it first uh, to basically to make it a bit softer. And then we shredded the jackfruit using our hands. And that's it. And now we're, gonna, we're just uh, sautéing some onion and garlic. And we're going to add the jackfruit to it with some spices and it'll be ready. There's something about coming home to the smell of onion and garlic just in a pan with olive oil that just brings a smile to everyone's face. And it can be the basis of all sorts of different cuisines, different dishes, from a spaghetti bolognese to a jackfruit uh, shawarma. It smells amazing. And we will put a photo on our Instagram stories just so you can have a look at what this jackfruit looks like because it's been completely transformed. It looks like pulled chicken. And some of the other ingredients we're using this afternoon, obviously beautiful spices. We're going to be creating a uh, cash fruit yo- uh, cashew yogurt as well um, and in terms of some of the things you could be picking up over the weekend the lemon gold lemons are being used um, guess talk about talk about solving your problems they've got no pips got no seeds uh, so you can squeeze them onto your favorite salad of course your smoothies your juices um, and no need to be kind of picking things out and they've also got the waitrose cooked tahini which we're going to be using as well in our shawarma today um, Chef Dahlia Dogmok called it the best off-the-shelf tahini available in the UAE. Obviously, grounds sesame paste, totally adaptable. You can use it with roasted or raw, uh, raw vegetables, put it on meats or veggies on the barbecue, on fish. Um, so that's going to be incorporated in our dish today as well. And you can pick all of that up in your local Spinney's store. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are, of course, looking ahead to the weekend, the end of the first week back at school for many kids. And it's been, it's been ups and downs. I hope it's been all right for you and you're looking forward to some family time over the next couple of days. But there's an awful lot to look forward to as well, especially when we look at education and Expo. And joining us live on the line, delighted to be welcoming Chief Experience Officer Marjan Fadouni. She's also in charge of the Expo School Programme, which is what we're talking about on today's show. Um, Marjan, before we get to the school news and what we've got to anticipate, I wanted to ask you something because I've been sent a meme about 
10 times in the last 24 hours. And it's from a well-known Dubai-based Instagram account, which is basically saying, what is Expo? I don't know, but it's too late to ask. Have you seen this? Have you be- Has it been sent to you 100 times? And um, Absolutely. It has. <laughs> what, what's your response? So thanks, Helen, for having me on your show. Um, well, I did, yeah, we, I got that meme in the morning. Well, all of us at Expo did, and we can't help but just laugh when we see it. It's a question that we've been getting for many years. And, um, you know, finally, in uh, 30 days exactly, people can come to our doors and experience Expo for themselves. It's truly a place where we have different things for different interests, different ages, different uh, objectives. Um, and I would, uh, my response to that meme would be that um, let people tell you for their, for themselves when they come experience it in, in 30 days. Uh, I can't wait for them to, to actually come to our doors and see the multitude of experiences that they can have at the World Expo. I love this because it's to try and explain what it is. Well, we would be here all afternoon, Rajan, but also people are going to view Expo through a different lens depending on their background, their profession. Are they going there for you know, an educational aspect? They're going there for entertainment. They're going with kids. Are they going as part of a school program? Here at Dubai, I was so excited to be broadcasting from the Expo site. As I said, you are the chief experience officer, um, but we're talking about the schools program. You're head of the Expo school program. But what is officially the Expo's school program, Marjan? So the Expo school program is a program that's dedicated to engaging schools uh, across the seven Emirates here in the UAE and inviting them to be part of an expo. As you rightly mentioned, uh, Helen, there's a ton of experiences that you can have at the World Expo, and we shouldn't forget the foundations of the World Expo being around our themes of connection, connecting minds, creating the future, our sub-themes of opportunity, mobility, and sustainability, which resonates to every single person on, uh, on this planet, and especially the future generation. So our Expo School program is a bespoke program to really bring what the kids are learning in the classroom or the students are learning in the classroom to life. And they're bespoke, and we've planned them very diligently so that when kids come through our doors, they're very clear on what it is that they're going to see Mm -hmm. and what particularly their learning outcomes are. And we've worked over the years, over the past eight years of planning with the education community, whether they are authorities from across the different emirates, but even teachers themselves uh, across uh, schools here in Dubai to understand in the UAE, to understand what it is that would really make them want to come as part of this bespoke school program. And when you're talking about children, what's the age group that you've got in mind? We know children starting school at three, uh, you know, going on four, obviously all the way through up to the the teens. Does it encapsulate that whole age group or is there one particular segment? Yeah, all age groups. So we go from uh, KG or FS for some of the schools that use that system up until cycle three or high school. Um, So it's all encompassing. And for every of these different cycles at schools, we've developed bespoke programs based on the uh, the age of the students so that it's relevant to them, relevant to their age, and more importantly, relevant to what it is that they're at, uh, you know, teaching at schools, but even adding more of a layer to complement what is teach- being taught at school. We like to think about the Expo School program as bringing the classroom to life. So you see everything here live. You get to see amazing thematic pavilions talking about our themes In a lot of instances, we uh, take kids to country pavilions to see what countries are doing around our themes. Um, So it's really about bringing the classroom to life. So we're really excited about it. Yes. What are you looking forward to most? Is there one you feel like that is the jewel in the crown? That is the one I cannot wait to see people react to. 
frankly speaking, Helen, I, I honestly can't answer that question because every single thing in the expo is special. But just to say that we have four journeys uh, that we're offering, each, each one of them are equally exciting, equally inspiring. You know, I would say that all of them are my favorites, if no. that's the possible oh. answer. <laughs> For any students, any educators, teachers listening today, how do they register to get part of that school program um, and physically come along and experience everything that's going to be on offer? That's a great question, Helen, because I'd like uh, the school community and parents to uh, understand that the school program is separate to to a regular uh, ticket that you can buy with your families on a daily basis. So we have a dedicated booking system specifically for schools. School coordinators can visit uh, this website called schools.expo2020dubai.com to make the booking. The system makes the process as seamless and easy as possible. We've also combined it with a range of resources and communication challenge to assist the schools in booking these incredible journeys. The registration I should mention is critical in helping us plan for each visit and offer our bespoke services. And the great news is that these trips are free of charge for the students and the accompanying adults. Oh, music to my ears. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And the bespoke services, like just so you can get an idea, includes a dedicated drop-off and pick-up areas for school groups, parking spaces specifically for school buses, guides for all the kids who come through our doors, areas where the kids can eat their food. We even have thought, uh, have gone to the extent of thinking of rest areas for school bus drivers. I'm absolutely thrilled for you. I really, really am. And I'm so excited for my kids to come along with us as a family. But as you say, yeah, so, you, to, so to, convince to, your schools to make them to come. Yeah. No, no convincing required. I'll be sending a WhatsApp right. to the head teacher this afternoon. Marjan yeah. Faradini, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. As I said, Chief Experience Officer, the person in charge of the Expo School Programme. Thank you. Thank you so much. Welcome back to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Eat well, live well. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Great to have you with us. We are broadcasting live from ICCA this afternoon. It smells amazing. Um, We've got Chef Galia cooking up a vegan jackfruit shawarma. And of course, some very happy participants cooking along as well. We will just check all of that out on our social media at Dubai Eye 103.8 FM. And we want to know from you this afternoon. I've got to be honest... This is the prize I look forward to every single week because someone today is winning a 500 dirham voucher to spend in their local spinnies on what on whatever you want. You could you could buy all your laundry powder and then you'd never have to think about it for the rest of the year. You could buy everything you need for a beautiful birthday party or buy honey cake. Buy the, just, buy, just buy whatever you want. Now, if you do want this voucher, though, I do want to know from you because hopefully you have just been paid. It's the beginning of the month. What is your payday treat when you've just, just got your salary and you're in the spinnies and you think, oh, yeah, uh, yes, that is going in my, in my basket today. For me, cheese, cherries, tulips. That tends to be my kind of trio of happiness. Uh, let me know yours. There is no right or wrong answer for this. I really just want to know what your payday treat is. And we've had all sorts of answers on here from chops. Yes. Uh, fancy cereal bars and raspberries says Fatima um, avocados yes love the sound of, uh, of this as well and no name on this one oh sorry it's Joe Joe says because I'm diabetic and as a mum of two, teen- two teenagers who always stop me eating sweets I'd buy sugar free ice cream sugar free chocolate and berries 
and I'm sure my kids would let me eat them. Let us know yours on 4001. Use the ARN Play app and include your name. We are talking spinnies this afternoon. Brand and sustainability manager uh, Sophie Corkett joining us live here at ICCA to talk about that back to school period and perhaps some of the gaps in education that children might be having that we're looking to address. Sophie, thank you so much. Before we start talking back to school, I could see, I could see the, the cogs turning. What would you spend? Uh, what, what's your payday treat in spinnies? Oh, always cheese, Helen. Yes. Always cheese. Can't beat a good cheese board. Don't tell our vegan chef. <laughs> Although you do have vegan cheese, so it's fine. <laughs> um, it is back to school, of course, and you're on a mission to educate a million people, I think it is, when it comes to a new farm-to-table initiative. Where did the idea come from? Well, the idea came from the fact that here in the UAE we know we have significant challenges when it comes to the future of sustainability. And in fact, it's not just the UAE, it's all over the world. Um, Our food system needs addressing and Spinney's really cares about that and wants to make a difference. So this is our contribution to the future of the UAE to teach them about healthy and sustainable diets. I think there is a big education gap for a lot of kids these days because... When we think back to not even like ye olde days, but even a couple of generations ago, there would be more of a village mentality. You'd, you know, they'd be surrounded perhaps by farmland. You'd understand that circle of life, you know, where eggs come from, where meat comes from, what vegetables look like when they're in the soil, rather than it being on the supermarket shelf. And it has not not talking specifically about UA, but I've seen some shocking videos of children being, you know, shown an avocado and just, you know, completely blank looks what kind of what kind of education is that going to come into play to make sure they understand the province of food absolutely well this whole program is exactly about that trying to address that disconnect that we see all over the world Mm -hmm. um, between what we eat and just knowing a bit more about where it comes from you know actually looking behind the plate behind the table to understand the journey of a blueberry or a tomato how that could possibly grow in the uae in the desert um, and all of the the valuable effort time and resources that go into producing that food and why it matters uh, for the health of our children um, but also for the health of our communities environment and the planet so there's a very very close overlink and overlap between healthy diets and sustainable diets um, and that's something that we want to address through this program. So what's it going to look like? If people are going, this sounds amazing, what is the reality of that program rolling out? Who's going to have access to it? Absolutely. So we're going to be um, sharing this with schools. I mean, that's amazing. the main channel through which we're going to be delivering all the content. Um, so schools will be able to sign up and some schools will also get teacher training, guidance from nutritionists and dietitians here in the UAE to learn really how to deliver that content well. Um, but really it's also for everybody so we're going to have that all of those modules five wonderful modules all around 45 minutes to an hour really fun really engaging unpacking all the stories about our food and our health Um, but we're going to make that available to everyone who's interested because we don't want to limit it we want it we Mm -hmm. want to reach as we've said over a million and um, that's quite an ambitious target but so it's for kids um, it's been designed for sort of 7 to 11 year olds primarily because we want to target the young age group mm-hmm. where we know the habits get set in very early. And that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, Unfortunately, we do find the UAE in an obesity crisis and I, I know lockdown has done uh, perhaps quite a lot of harm when we look at, at health and, uh, and activity levels as well. Are we, we hoping this is going to be a factor in reducing that in the future? Absolutely. Well, actually, we know here that I think it's around 80% of children here, school-aged children, aren't getting enough activity a day. And actually, the recommended daily amount is 60 minutes of sort of moderate active exercise a day. 
Um, so we actually absolutely want to address that through the program. It's about healthy eating, healthy, healthy living. Um, it all comes back to eat well, live well, which is what Spinney's is all about. And we really want to bring that to life for people here, you know, just beyond the supermarket. Can you tell us a little bit what, about what's been happening behind the scenes, putting together those modules? Who's responsible for them? Yes, yeah, so we've been working very closely with the health authorities here across the UAE. Um, we've been working with local dietitians, nutritionists, and to make sure that we're sort of globally, you know, at cutting edge when it comes to the latest science and research. Um, we know that the British Nutrition Foundation have got some of the latest thinking when it comes to healthy and sustainable diets, so we've been working with them. But also our partners, our growers, our farmers, uh, we've been connected to all the people in our ecosystem, and it's really just the beginning of a very long partnership that we hope to develop over the coming years. So um, if anyone has any ideas for how they can get involved, get in touch with us. Well, you can, of course, reach out on 4001. And if anyone's listening today as a parent or an educator, part of a school program, um, or as you say, a, a food company or a, you know, a provider, a grower, um, how can schools get involved right now? Absolutely. Well, schools are already registering. We've got 50 schools signed up for this academic Amazing. year already, which is wonderful. Um, all they need to do is get in touch with us on spinnies.com. We have a page on our website, which is already live um, and gives you the contact details. So please look for those contact details on spinnies.com and register your interest with us and we will help to get you involved. Um, so, yes. Simple. I love I love this because I think the beginning of term we have this kind of flurry of interest and enthusiasm for packed lunches and this is when we're going to put some new habits in place and it often kind of falls a bit short by, by week two. But if there is a resource, if there's material that parents or educators can, can go to... Um, any advice on the practical front for kids at home for making sure that, as, speaking as I'm not a dietitian, but I do have a child who loves beige, um, <laughs> a, a, any advice from some of your experts at Spinney's for making sure we're getting a bit of a balanced diet? Well, it's funny you say about beige because one of the big um, ideas is that we should be eating a rainbow of fruit I've, and Sophie, vegetables. Sophie, I've tried telling her this. <laughs> but I also was chatting with your lovely colleague backstage and we were agreeing that we really need to make healthy eating cool. So we've got some ideas for how we can do that in the program as well partnering with some of the most amazing chefs and cooking experts here to actually make healthy food the thing that people want i think there is going to be that shift um, and even looking at the um, you know, the zero alcohol um, range that's available in spinnies we know younger generations are absolutely enjoying that as a way of life um, and i Maybe it's social media. Maybe it's people wanting to, mm. to, look, to look good, feel healthy, be competitive in the workplace. Um, I think healthy eating is cool, but I don't think it is for kids just yet. Um, I think my, my kids will come home and say, Mummy, she had peas in her lunchbox, as if it's like the most exotic thing. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, <laughs> OK. And it, it is, it's got to come from multiple you know, approaches because Absolutely. if I'm there as a mum whinging, not helpful. If you've got it being a module in school, not enough on its own. It's got to be a community. It's got it's got to Absolutely. be a, a kind of a multi prong approach. So it's really wonderful to hear Spinney's taking um, an interest and responsibility. You know, knowing that it's not just about selling groceries; it's about understanding your role in the UAE currently, but 
also in the future, you know, we've got the UA National Food Security Strategy, which is 2051. How does it play into that? Well, absolutely. No, it definitely plays into that because it's actually talking a lot about the future of growing in the UAE. So we're really trying to help children understand how the agricultural movement here is shifting and evolving to the point where we can actually, as I said, grow tomatoes in the desert and blueberries, which we've been growing here for a little while now and things like that. So um, we think we want to inspire children as well. And I think just get them excited about, yeah, food. And we're excited about food. We want to create an interest, a conversation and a love for it that we think it deserves because it Absolutely. keeps us alive. Absolutely. <laughs> and Thank you so much, Sophie, for being with us this afternoon. Um, you can message me on 4001 to find out more, but it is spinneys.com, farm to table there, designed for children aged 7 to 11, but really for everybody relevant for parents, teachers and everyone in the community who's looking to learn more about food, its role here in, uh, in the UAE and the future as well. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Great to have you with us, Helen Farmer, with you. You might be able to hear a bit of action behind me. We are here at the International Centre for Culinary Arts. I'm not cooking. I'm sitting, smelling the smells and having a lovely chat with people. But we've got Chef Galia with us. She is the co-founder of Little Earth and she is our masterclass chef of the day. Now you've got a you've got a good uh, a good crew here of um, I love them. of aspiring love cooks. Them. <laughs> now we're making yeah. a vegan uh, shawarma yeah. made from jackfruit. Yeah. So that young jackfruit has been boiled, it's been sautéed. It smells incredible. Yeah. Tell us about our chefs. How are they getting on? I love them. I mean, they're very interested. They're very interested, and it's really interesting to always share. Uh, dairy alternatives with people, you know, because a lot of people are trying to cut down on meat, on dairy, and uh, I love that they're really finding this uh, interesting. Yeah. I think uh, what I really enjoy about Farmer's Kitchen is we often highlight ingredients that we might see on the supermarket shelf, but I've got no idea what to do. Um, you know, it, it might be a diff- a, an alternative cut of meat, it might be a fruit or vegetable that looks exotic, and you think, oh, I'm not sure I want to risk taking it home and spending that money and not knowing what to do with it. So jackfruit, I think, is a really good example of that. As you say, it's enormous. Today, we've had it uh, prepared, but it is prepared in spinneys as well. If, if you want to, to give it a whirl, we will be sharing the recipe. Um, but the techniques as well, that's why I think it's really wonderful to have people such as yourself, because you're also making a cashew nut yogurt. Yes. Tell us a little yes. bit about that. We were talking actually, about soaking the nuts before. Yeah, so we were soaking the nuts. And, I, I, and they were actually interested also in why do we soak the nuts. You, people, you know that traditionally people soak nuts, but they don't know why. I've got no and, idea and why. <laughs> because, you know, the nuts, if you don't soak them, then your body would not absorb the nutrients in them as efficiently. So it, there's a phytic acid uh, that reduces. So you reduce the phytic acid from the nuts and that reduces its ability your body's ability to absorb nutrients so soaking reduces this uh, this acid actually so, um, so it makes it easier for your body to digest, to digest the well. nutrients, absorb oh. the nutrients. And in raw food cooking, this is major. And I mean, raw foodists, they don't eat uh, nuts, uh, roasted nuts. They don't eat them. They only eat them soaked. Now, yeah. you are a raw food chef. You've, you're certified in that. Um, how raw are you, Galia? I am actually, I try to inject raw in every single meal. Okay. So uh, I like to, you know, I, I can't do raw 100% because, you know, you need, you need the hot soup. You need the hot curry yes you, you need the warm you know foods well tell us can you talk us through a typical day then what would you normally have for breakfast um actually i have uh i make my own uh, vegan labneh i don't know if you know labneh i love labneh so i make that uh today i had that with za'atar 
Uh, That's my breakfast. <laughs> veg, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I make that vegan. How and do sometimes you make I have this vegan? Uh, you make it with, I use tofu, organic tofu and cashews as well. Uh, and lemon. So more lemon, the better. And then sometimes I have it with uh, frozen berries if I don't feel like eating bread in the morning. Avocado is like a major ingredient in my breakfast mm -hmm. uh, dish. I love that. I love it as a healthy fat. Uh, yeah, I mean, then lunch, I have a bowl, a vegan bowl. Uh, we use a lot of alternatives to meat as well, like uh, soy mince uh, with quinoa. This is what, actually, I had that yesterday for lunch. Um, so, you you know, curries, I love curries a lot. We have a lot of amazing curries, so, uh, yeah. Now, I, we've spoke to your co-founder, um, Nabs, yeah. before about some of the big hits on the menu, and he was talking, actually, that this jackfruit shawarma is really, really popular. What's your current favorite? If someone's going to come to Little Earth over the weekend in order, what do you feel like you haven't had the full Little Earth experience until you've eaten the, what? Shawarma. The shawarma, really? <laughs> actually, it is, and, and also, I love our, if you're in Time Out Market, then the, uh, the Buddha sliders, the Buddha burger, uh, but if in, in our other branch, it's the black bean burger. I love it. It's so, uh, it's like, it's heartwarming. You feel like you're having a proper vegan party. And, and what about dessert? We've had a lot of people getting in touch saying that their payday treat is a big tub of ice cream. Do you have a sweet tooth? I love sweets. I love sweets. I mean, I love uh, ice cream as well. So we sell that ice cream. We buy it from a vegan chef as well, which is, which is delicious. Nothing yeah. is yeah. off the table. We're going to head back to our participants today. They've all won spots to be here and obviously... We'd love to offer you the chance to join us on Farmer's Kitchen in a couple of weeks. So, uh, so stay with us here on Dubai Eye. Claire's joining us now. And have, Claire, I've got no idea what you're doing. What are you doing? I'm not sure I've got any idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have because uh, it was an amazing, amazing teacher. I'm making um, the cashew yogurt. So we've got the soaked cashews, and then is that, is that tahini you're putting That's in? tahini in there, and then we're going to add some apple cider vinegar and some salt and a little bit of water, and then we're going to blend it up. And it tastes amazing, because I've just tried the, you know, they're the, like the chef, so it's amazing. Can I ask, when it comes to kind of meat-free or meat alternatives, do you have much in your day-to-day -day life, or is this kind of a new thing to explore? This is completely new for me. Um, we, don't, we don't have any plant-based meals, which you really should. And I'm learning so much today, because it's exciting, because I can do this at home because it's really, really easy, so it's fantastic. And I think that's what puts a lot of people off. It's, it's that ingredient and going, I've got no idea what to do with that, or I don't know how I would do that. And I'm, I'm the same. I'm, we'd, I try and have a couple of meat-free days a week, and I know I'm on the wrong side of history. I know that we'll look back at this time and go, why weren't we all vegans? We were all idiots. But it's, it's a transition, and I think it's honestly having conversations like this and opening up our eyes to different ingredients and techniques and restaurants and chefs that, you know, we'll all start to move in the right direction. Enjoy yourself, Claire. We're, I'm going to come for a taste later. Be ready. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. I have stolen away one of ICCA students, Miriam, joining us today. She where she's been helping our masterclass. Thank you for so much for joining us on Farmer's Kitchen. Um, we've been, been speaking to uh, one of your instructors, Saf Sergio, and talking about some of the ambitions of the students. Tell us, what, why is it that you want to work in food, Miriam? Um, thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I've always loved cooking. I've always loved the idea of the business of food. And... I realized I didn't know as much as I did, so the best thing was to come to ICCA. And I'm so lucky. I feel so... I feel so lucky to be here because then now I know I have... I'm learning so much and mm -hmm. I still have so much more to learn. I want to go into the industry fully and um, hopefully 
Who knows? Rise up the ranks. Would you want your own restaurant one day? What's the, um, what's the goal? Yeah, eventually, I think, maybe in another 10 years. What, um, and what are the kind of cuisines or styles that you're drawn to? Um, I'm Nigerian, so there's, um, there isn't so many like five-star Nigerian dining, but I love Asian food, so I'd love to like incorporate Nigerian food and Asian food in a way that it's appealing to both cultures and Get in the kitchen, <laughs> I want to try this. Have we just invented a fusion cuisine right here? I know. Yes, Miriam. <laughs> Honestly, it's, um, it's wonderful to hear about what happens behind the scenes and how much you're enjoying the course. We've had yeah. so many messages of people saying that they've been through the academy and have found themselves or their children have and it's been just the best experience so wishing you all the very best don't forget us when you're a superstar <laughs> chef come back i want to eat your restaurant <laughs> definitely thank you so Cheers, much Ram. welcome back to farmer's kitchen with spinnies eat well live well only on dubai i 103.8 we are rounding up the latest food news talking about well what one bite could be taking minutes off your life and how much money does a restaurant need to make by you sitting in it? With the man who knows all of this and more, Sama Hamadeh, the man behind probably your favourite pizza, Akibadori, and he does so much more, picking the brains of this guy, Industry Insider, for the next half hour. Sama, Akibadori has been smashing it, and you've got some news about going international, I believe. So we've, uh, we've signed a master franchise to for Saudi Arabia, which is pretty big news, which is quite crazy. We'll have two outposts outside of the UAE amazing. this year. Amazing. It's amazing. Huge congrats to you. Well, there's a lot of food news to talk about. One, I've got to be honest, I find a little bit upsetting. It is a burger that weighs the same amount as me, as it happens. <laughs> It's quite a visual. I've seen the videos. Here's my issue. This is where I live. I live on Beach Road, which my husband calls Burger Alley, because for a time there, you could not go six feet down the road without stumbling upon. But the the latest is the Burger Factory. They've left an E out of Burger, so you know you so you know they're cool. Um, and they have created a 68 kilo burger. The buns have been specially made for the factory. How do you feel about these headline-grabbing, clickbaity openings? Look, the, the reality is we're kind of addicted to larger-than-life news. In this scenario, I kind of thought we were over the era of Guinness Book world record-breaking <laughs> no. foods. No, uh, and it's Dubai. We want to have the world's most expensive biryani. We want to have <laughs> the tallest tower of onion rings. And this is just and the by the way, I say this. As my pizzaiolo Luigi just made me try a gold leaf burrata pizza today for Summer, lunch. Summer, you are part of the problem. What does gold uh, leaf I'm, bring I'm like, to a burrata? Like, what is this? He's like, we got some free samples. I'm like, so why are you using them on me? I mean, he's like, it's 24 karat gold. I'm like, listen, if I catch something because of this, or if something weird happens to me, I'm like, I don't care if it's 24 karat. He's like, we'll get 18 carats cheaper. Um, <laughs> look, when I first moved out here 17 years ago, none of this existed. None of this, like, biggest, greatest, massive thing. And this is all, I mean, you know, marketing managers get excited and they want to pull some crazy tricks out of the bag. But when it comes to food, I think the best thing you can do is just make really good food and sell it to as many people as you can, which means you price it well. How much are you selling a 60-odd kilo burger for? And and I saw people were lining up just to see this thing. I mean, thing it's working. We're talking answer. about it. So let's stop talking about it now. Yeah. A phrase I'd never heard before until recently was Revpash. And this stands mm-hmm. for revenue per available seat hour. 
I read about it and felt immediately guilty because <laughs> when I was a freelancer... You like to hang out. <laughs> yeah, I don't even drink coffee. I would have like a local water and then sit and write an article for two hours. So can you explain a little bit about why this matters? Look, I think um, as far as industry matters go, I mean, there are so many different uh, variables. This would make sense perhaps in a mall. This could make sense in, you know, again, high traffic areas, you know, the IFCs in the world, of the world where, you know, every, every, every minute is money. But for most restaurants, I'll tell you this. I mean, you maybe feel guilty now. You said you, you went and sat at a, at a coffee shop for two hours. Why are we in this business? Why would someone say, I want to go wait tables? I mean, yes, it's a stepping stone to managing a restaurant one day or opening your own restaurant one day. But ultimately, because we love people, right? Or else you wouldn't, it's the worst business to be in if you don't like people. So everyone that ultimately works at a restaurant likes other people, loves entertaining people, you know, loves hospitality. So for them, it's great seeing a customer there. And you'd rather have the same person come back every day if they spend six hours. Because that person, what they do for morale is way worth way more than money. Now, again, this is, again, it's very romantic and very sweet when I say that. Given a restaurant like Akibadori, where we have a very busy lunch and a very busy dinner. But what do we really have from like 3 p.m.? till 8 p.m. There's nobody there. I just don't see that model really being a major thing in Dubai in most venues. So I'd say 90% of the venues wouldn't even even know what this is or care about it because they're just happy to have people in there. What's been kind of challenging, I guess, over the last year and a half has been the capacity problem. You know, literally not having the seats, the tables in order to turn people over to to get the cash. How is that looking in terms of new guidelines and uh, capacity numbers? Well, it's much better, but I'll tell you what's even better than all of that. I mean, yeah, it's great that distances have been reduced and we keep getting uh, uh, you know regular updates from Dubai tourism on that I was just in Europe Western Europe in a couple of different countries and I was really uncomfortable in most of the restaurants we went to there's no concept of like social distancing or somebody being sick and being out I mean it, I was on a train with people coughing all over the place it was and it's like madness you don't understand how how much of a bubble we live in and everything that feels clean here everything and it's ridiculous yeah it's great that obviously distances have been have been uh, dramatically reduced. And here's a crazy, crazy idea. And this is not just me talking as someone who already did this because I like people to be comfortable. Why do we need to cram people next to each other? Why is this like a sardine can? Why can't you already have one and a half meters between people? If I'm out for dinner, do I want to be having dinner with two, three, four sets of different people? I don't no. mind making new friends. But I'd see the table they'd give us and I'd be like, I really don't want to sit there. Like, I, I, you can't have a conversation. It's, a, it's an audio thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do like eavesdropping on people. It's one of the highlights of me going out for dinner. But, <laughs> but I also don't want to be yeah, like banging elbows with, with my next person. It's especially bad on bad. Valentine's Day. You know, that that's a cringe. It really is. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Fantastic to have you with us on this Thursday afternoon. We are getting you in the mood for the weekend with the latest food news. Sama Hamaday is with us, industry insider on all things restaurant and nightlife. He is the man behind the now global brand, Akibadori, as they say. <laughs> oh, congratulations, sir. We're talking about the latest food news. And a new study has come out saying eaten one particular food could shorten your life by 36 minutes. I wasn't surprised when I read this. The guilty party is the beloved hot dog. It is the food that could decrease the number of candles on your birthday cake. Because of a number of factors, the University of Michigan judged nearly 6,000 foods and ranked them according to their nutritional disease burden. Dietary risk factors uh, obviously all played a part. And it was hot dogs that we should be limiting 
maybe avoiding would you miss the hot dog if you never never you never had one again so it depends what kind of a hot dog right there was a restaurant called saladicious if you remember saladicious they used to make a hot dog which was a it would be a shame for you not to have tried that hot dog it was that hot dog worth 36 less minutes Probably. <laughs> yeah. Probably. If you weigh it and up. And the food better will extend your life. Probably not worth oh. it for 36 minutes. So maybe you can offset. You know when you're in school, you get detention and you have to do community service points and it offsets the detention. There should be some kind of a system like that where you say, okay, I'm going to have this today. So I just have to eat two sticks of celery. That's yeah, not so bad. Okay. Just don't try to force me like to eat broccoli. Yeah, I was like just about then. to say the the buck ends at broccoli. I've tell my kids I yeah, like I, it, can't stand it. So that, but that is an interesting point. You know, you 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 make your choice. Now, one thing I wanted to talk to you about and really get your take on is Dubai growing future proof food in the desert. We it's no secret, rising temperatures, um, pretty extreme weather events happening internationally. Uh, all signs pointing, of course, to climate change. And here in the UAE, we are obviously at the forefront when it comes to technology, but obviously in oh, a part sure. of the world where we're somewhat compromised when it comes to things like, you know, water and um, food diversity that grows grows naturally because of lack of water, temperatures, um, access, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. desert farming is not a new thing. It's existed for thousands and thousands of years. But there is a new initiative called the ICBA that launched mm-hmm. in the UAE in back in 1999, basically mm-hmm. trying to find highly nutritious crops all over the world that could adapt and survive in extreme weather conditions such as ours and then thrive when grown you know, using seawater and brine from desalination projects. So really kind of putting two things together uh, that we have here in the UAE. What kind of impact could this have on food production and as a consequence, what we're paying for in supermarkets, what we're paying for in restaurants such as yours? Well, look, I mean, we have to also be realistic when discussing this topic. Um, the UAE, it's, I mean, it's a relatively small country with limited land. Also, that's something to consider. So if I were looking to invest in, you know, sustainable farming or set something like this up, it might actually be cheaper for me to go buy plots of land somewhere in Europe and farm there and ship it here and make it subsidized and actually trying to do it here. I know that sounds like probably not something anybody wants to hear, but that's the reality of it. I mean, I think the cost implications on doing something like that here, eventually they're going to hit a brick wall because, I mean, how much can you really produce and how much space do you need? I mean, we're not talking about Idaho growing potatoes and the thousands of tons. This is t- we're talking about very small scale. I don't think we have enough space uh, to do what we need to do unless there's some crazy new vertical farming method that we can build out. <laughs> it's, the, Honestly. It's, it's the Burj Khalifa. That's what it was created for. Yeah, it's one that, giant oh, so, vertical farm. <laughs> yeah, just literally take a man lift up and you pick some food. So, <laughs> so I think it's amazing that that's happening here. I think it'll be very sustainable, whatever. I mean, I know they've done a lot of things already. I mean, it's pretty impressive where they're at right now. But I think uh, future-wise, I think we'll see a lot more... Um, UAE businesses buying land uh, in other countries, in developing countries, and parts of Africa where you know specific crops can be grown much easier, and farming and shipping because it's become so easy to ship things. And let's not forget, Dubai is like the king of shipping. Mm-hmm. Everything, I mean, everything goes through Dubai, right? I think what fifty percent, sixty percent of the world's tea uh, imports they all get exported through Dubai, so they actually come into Dubai and they get exported to the rest of the world. I mean, that's crazy. I might be off, by the way. It might be like 80%. So we have the infrastructure. So instead of using land that we have here, which is scarce and which is limited, 
and the amount of money you're going to spend to actually do it here. I see the trend in the future of countries like the UAE, um, smaller countries with wealth, um, going and buying up farmland in other territories around the world. And that way, you're actually helping another economy grow. You're putting less stress on your local land and economy as well on spending more money. Um, and then just importing it here. And I think that'll be perfectly fine. Um, and so that I think that that might, in my opinion, might end up being what happens rather than uh, us trying to grow things here. Because again, it's on a very small scale. That's something achievable. If you're opening, a, if you're setting up a farm and you want to do a whole farm to table concept, and what can you really farm here? So again, from that perspective, I don't see that as being like a huge thing for here. Um, but I do think from a food security and safety perspective, having the kind of rules and regulations that we have here implemented on a global scale for, you know, where you could end up building a whole ecosystem and a business out of it. I mean, Dubai has a lot to benefit from it. I think from doing something like that, um, from, you know, from investing in potentially other, other sites around the world or in the future using, you know, the Gulf to actually, you know, to, 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 to farm under, underwater. I, I don't know. I mean, there's so I, I thought many, you, I thought you were going to say space. <laughs> No, there's so many crazy ideas right now, right? Anyone? Oh, for sure, Mars. Um, And 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 honestly, there's no choice but for you know we have no choice but to do this. We're running out of everything. I mean, as a as a planet, I mean, it's pretty dire. Um, Not for our generation or our kids or even the ones after, but you know, it's going to be interesting a hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, where where things uh, where things go. And uh, that's what I love about Dubai, right? They're always thinking about. 100 years from now rather than you know us thinking what are we gonna do next week mm-hmm. for lunch um well, yeah so i mean again i think i think it's incredible and i think it's it's really uh it's really a great move to like push uh you know generally sustainability and desert farming but again we have to be realistic and i think to be realistic i don't know how uh cost effective something like that is uh, i could be completely off by the way i mean i'm talking based on things that i've read years and years and years ago um, and I brushed up on it a little bit uh, recently, but I, I, I think it's very complicated at scale uh, to do desert farming. I think it's really it's a really interesting one to explore. And as, as you say, Dubai thinking yeah. super, super long term. Um, but yeah. I do often think about not specifically Dubai, you know, but parts of the world, whether that is, you know, in space or different countries trying to kind of go against nature. And I will take any chance to quote Jeff Goldblum, but nature finds a way. <laughs> let, oh, let, I mean, let, yeah. let, let's put Jurassic Park on a food show. Um, so I think, <laughs> I think there's so many be... documentaries about if humans disappeared. Have you watched any of them? No, go on. I'm not a documentary guy at all, but there's two of them. And I think one is just called earth without humans. And it just tells you they're all there. I'm sure they're on Netflix. It's, it tells you what happens minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. After, if humans literally just disappeared in one second. It's heartbreaking, but it's actually amazing what ends up happening because the Earth reclaims the planet. I mean, after a couple of years, it's like we wouldn't even exist, like we like like nothing. But it comes at a huge cost, obviously, to to animals and birds just flying into buildings because there's no lights and dogs. I mean, it's crazy what happens. But yeah, I mean, we've changed the planet so much, it can still erase our existence, and I find that incredibly humbling. And if you know. People don't understand the power of, of, of planet Earth and how lucky we are to have been uh, to have existed here. I mean, it's incredible what this planet is capable of if we let it breathe. Summer, this is why I love talking to you. In the last few minutes, we've been talking about hot dogs taking years off your life. We've talked about 
eavesdropping. And now we're talking about the plan <laughs> you without you. <laughs> that was you. I was trying to get, I was trying that to blame you. That Sam, was all you. It's always yeah. a pleasure to pick your brains, hear your thoughts, and, uh, and talk the latest food news. So if anyone's hungry this weekend and they're going to come to Kibadori, what should they be ordering? Uh, don't order the gold leaf thing, even if <laughs> Luigi tries to coax you into it. <laughs> but, you know, the pizzas are still doing well. I mean, we're still making the 100 a day and limiting it to that. No food waste, something that's very important to us. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we're opening our terrace soon again. So hopefully oh, everyone will be outdoors it is in Dubai getting in a couple cooler. of weeks. Definitely something to smile about. You'd think, right? I mean, it, it seems like it is, and then it isn't. But yeah, I mean, it is positive gonna, mental attitude. So this is of us. course that's what works on the, that's what works on the on the weather. I completely forgot. It's, it's, wish it. it's all me manifesting, wanting to go to the manifest beach. away. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. Sama, thank you so much for your time. Thank you Wishing so much you for having a me. A wonderful weekend ahead. And you too. Now I want you some too. pizza. This is Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Live at the International Centre for Culinary Arts, ICCA Dubai. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. It has been all about food this afternoon. The time has come to actually eat some. We've had Chef Gali with us, joining us from Little Earth and making a what? I've already had a little nibble. Spoiler alert. Delicious jackfruit shawarma um the spices are delicious the warmth of the cumin coming through no, the garlic not overpowering anything but jackfruit really an incredible vehicle for all sorts of different spices it's and amazing. flavors yeah. um how else would you recommend co- i'm gonna have a bite so if you could talk that'd be amazing okay. um, <laughs> how else would you recommend cooking with jackfruit what other flavors work well with it um any curry any curry i mean uh, you know I'm, I'm usually make it with either red curry uh, green curry so it just it's versatile you can just use it with anything that you want um, mm. yeah. I'm so happy right now <laughs> so so happy and what's nice is it's soft it feels like pulled and it's it's, yeah. re- it's really delicious but then you've got the crunch the sauerkraut talk to us a little bit about that play on textures um, the, the, I mean in every sandwich you really need the crunch as well so uh, the students they used uh, raw cabbage instead of sauerkraut because they need the crunch but then you can also use the sauerkraut if you want to add this goodness to it you know uh, I, was, I, was saying, aspect I normally yeah. just add like potato <laughs> chips for a bit of crunch in the sandwich <laughs> maybe should be using red yeah. cabbage in the future I can't yeah. thank you enough for your time this afternoon thank I really you. really can't as we said Little Earth is in JLT and also in the timeout market so if you've been inspired this afternoon, but perhaps not so inspired that you're going to create it yourself at home, this is on the menu. Um, yeah. At both outlets or just the jar? In both outlets, there it's on go. the menu. And it's very, very popular. So I'm not <laughs> surprised. Well, I'm going home with a jar of sauerkraut. Yeah. I'm absolutely delighted, but really, really appreciated your time Thank today. Thank you so much for having us. And Thank you so much. Very, very happy <laughs> participants who've skipped yeah, out here so going, I learned something. <laughs> they were it was really so much great. Fun. Thank you, Helen. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Don't forget, you can tune in live to Farmer's Kitchen every single Thursday afternoon on Dubai Eye 103.8 between 2 and 5 p.m.